Oh, hey, we are, we're playing catch-up, huh? We're back, baby. We're back, and uh, boy, a lot of news. So much more uh, Monopoly's growing stronger. We got Oscar shit came out today. Um, I gushed about Lightyear for a minute because we got that new trailer. We also talked about copyright a lot longer than I think we thought we would. <laughs> yeah, but a pad of time. We got a full episode in. Hell yeah. Hayden, swapping to uh, a, for a fortnightly format for our podcast it makes it impossible for me to remember the things we have talked about, and it also makes it feel like the news cycle is a lot tighter than it probably is. You know? I'm so glad you said that because I, I already forgot what I wanted to talk, what the topic was that I wanted to bring up this week. But I was kind of like, did we talk about that last time we recorded? It's been so long, I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> Because I feel like the last episode, and I could be wrong, I feel like the last episode was when we were finally able to talk about uh, Microsoft buying Activision and Blizzard. Yes, it was. Uh, so here we are two weeks later, and now Sony has purchased Bungie. Oh, that's exactly what it was. I was like, wait, did, we, did that happen so that we could have talked about it last week? But it, it happened last week. And we recorded two weeks ago, so yeah. Yeah, Bungo's so, got a new corporate daddy. So we're just, like, in a new era of, like, video gaming as an industry, right? Where, where now we have to worry about monopolies. Uh, uh, but are we? Because part of me feels like back in the early 2000s, that's kind of how gaming was. Most of these companies were owned by the big publishers. Is, am I wrong? Well, I don't know. I I mean, I, I do think that, yes, everything was owned by big publishers, but it's almost like a consolidation of, like, news networks, oh, where yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it feels like the big publishers have gotten, like, dwindled. There's not as many big publishers now. And, and even then, like... Sony themselves weren't that big of a publisher. They just had a bunch of second-party developers. Uh, mm. and, and, I mean, e even more so with Microsoft, where, like, Xbox was pretty much just the console maker and everyone else published on the console. It feels like, at the very least, a shifting from the console manufacturers also now being the people that own the product being produced for it. I... I don't know enough about economics to say it's a bad thing. It does worry me, but it feels like a shift. Yeah, it it went a lot more from, like, agreements with publishers is, I think, what I'm thinking of, where a lot of independent game studios would sign, like, contracts to make X amount of games for, uh, a pub, like, Microsoft or Sony rather than them owning them outright, I think. I think I think that's how it went. I could be completely wrong, but if that was the case, that makes sense. Because I remember, like, did, did Bungie ever, was Bungie ever actually owned by Microsoft, or were they just, like, contracted to work with them? I don't know. So. I wish I could tell you. But if that's the case, then, yeah, right. It's definitely a different shift from what we had earlier. And... I mean, at least in the short term, it's it's good. It's it's good for gamers. Question mark? Like, because I mean, Game Pass <laughs> just becomes an even better deal once Sony puts out their equivalent 
You know, you can play a shitload of Sony games for probably about the same price, which seems good for gamers. But again, that's in the short term. And yeah, we have no way of knowing five years down the line if this just destroys the variety of games we get. Right. Here's my conflict. And and I feel like this is like, you know, just like the conflict of a monopoly, right? Where like the fear of a monopoly is that one or two things is going to happen. Uh, we could see a decrease in quality of the product because they don't have to work as hard because there is no competition. Or they at the very least maintain the quality of the product, but then they just also jack up the price of everything because, again, where else are you going to go? There are no competitors. Now, we have seen, you know, like in recent years with Disney acquiring everything, their quality has not decreased, and Disney Plus is currently the like one of the most affordable streaming services out there, especially like quality-wise compared to the way Netflix's library has been, or like Paramount Plus or Peacock. Like Disney Plus is just a legitimately very good deal for not a crazy price. That is the for now, which is yeah. why I'm a little conflicted. I have said for years that Microsoft is on a comeback this generation because they've they've they figured out the things they fucked up. And they're doing new and interesting things with Game Pass. And we just had the launch of, I would argue, one of the most affordable console generations in years. Oh, yeah. I guess in years is a weird way to describe console generations. generations. But you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That also sounds weird. (laughs) So, you know, it just kind of worries me for like, yeah, like you said, like 10 years down the line when things maybe get fucked up a little bit more then like maybe fears will be realized. But right now, like, I'm kind of okay with it. Well, here's one thing to think about. Uh with it being bad right now. We had all three of the largest first-person shooter game franchises all put out a game this year. And as much as I bitch about Halo Infinite, Halo Infinite had the best launch. That's absurd because the game is not done. Yeah, we both agree that game is still kind of in a beta state. And it was the best between it, Call of Duty, and Battlefield. So... You could argue, in a sense, that we are already seeing quality go down. Now, granted, those are that's because of forced release dates, and for the other two, Halo doesn't really have, I don't think, as much of his. I can't use that really as an excuse because it had yeah, more time. It, it, but it is interesting that the the point you're trying to make, like Halo, would be the prime candidate for the drop in quality, but it was the most well put together despite not being finished. And it's not even like, it, it's not even close. Yeah, But, but you know, it'll be interesting, especially with the uh, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, of will they allow, uh, will we still have three developers making Call of Duty games? And will they still be on it? Well, that's also, oh God, there's just so much about it that annoys me. Will they still be on two-year windows of like, they have two years to make a game, which is essentially more like a year to make a game. Because they support the game for a year and then probably go on to... Wait, I'm saying this and I'm like, wait, they actually have a lot more time. A lot more time? I don't know. They need to fix the <laughs> fucking schedule. And if that allows for better games, awesome. Because you know what? I kind of miss having a Call of Duty game that's not a BR that's fun to play that's just an arena shooter. But um, we haven't had one of those in a long time. And I don't know if we ever will have another one like that with how successful Warzone's been. But, like, Battlefield being as shit as it's been, like, the game's still almost, like, unplayable, and it's been out for longer than Infinite. 
Yeah, didn't you say that it was already marked down to like $35? Yeah, it was yesterday? 40% off on Steam already. <laughs> Three months after yeah, launch, you know. it's 40% off. That's how you know. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, you know, with the uh, Sony acquisition of Bungie, that just kind of seems to be the first big splash because the PlayStation CEO is promising that more acquisitions are coming. And so while PlayStation seems to be slow on the pickup for competing with Game Pass on Microsoft's level, they're certainly not wasting time playing the acquisition game. Oh, and, and I'm pretty sure Phil Spencer's come out also and said they have more acquisitions planning. And other, like, other, uh, Jason Schreier, I think, also just tweeted and been like, yeah, there's more acquisitions. Come. Like, there's a lot, we're, we're, there's going to be a lot more acquisitions. And a, a lot more. There's going to be more acquisitions in the near future. Uh, and yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how that impacts what games we get. Because, I mean, I feel like if, you know, if, if Microsoft doesn't purchase Double Fine, we probably never get Psychonauts 2. And that game was amazing. So there's going to be a lot of give and take. And yeah, that, that is where I wish I had a time machine to know which, uh, which of these to invest in because we'll see if we get the landscape to thin out even further or if the, uh, the big publishers that we have now just get bigger. And what does this mean for like little indie games? Like, I think with the quality that they've been, like Devolver's still out here. Like, hey, we put out two games that were like fucking amazing last year. <laughs> yeah, Devolver always big dick swinging with their releases. I, I, my, my main hope, since we during the last generation we trans we transferred primarily to PC gaming, uh, and we are seeing both of those two big uh, company publisher owners, whatever you want to call them now, Microsoft and Sony, they're they're waking up to the fact that PC is a market they should not be ignoring. Yeah. Uh, especially as it feels like uh, PC gaming itself is growing as uh, things like graphics cards are just like talked about more in the mainstream and it's easier and more accessible to build your own PC. And more affordable. Uh, Right, and as the consoles are starting to catch up to the things PCs are able to do, the things that PCs were always able to do better are being more understood by the mainstream. Like, everyone now kind of sees, oh yeah, 60 FPS is great, and we should have been doing this the whole time. And, uh, and 120 and 240 are even better, <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my hope is that with this, you know, we'll almost see the companies move away from the focus on console releases and pay more attention to the publishing and putting more of those big titles on PC. Uh, Microsoft has committed at the very least that all their first party launches are going to be Game Pass Day 1, which is already huge. But then putting Halo Infinite Day 1 on PC, that's pretty incredible for the Halo franchise. And Sony very slowly has been porting their biggest first-party titles of the last generation to PC. Uh, so, you know, it, it, they're, they're starting to wake up to it, and I hope they keep moving towards that direction. And, and if somehow this is all related to them purchasing a bunch of developers and being more comfortable in not having to push the consoles as heavily, then I guess I can't complain. You know, at least for another decade. I like that you put it at 10 years, and I was like, five. <laughs> <laughs> so you know scary scary but interesting times <laughs> uh speaking of sony but not video games um so 
Spider-Man, right? Yeah. The Spider-Man movies for the MCU are the only MCU movies not currently on Disney Plus because they are primarily owned by Sony and just made in conjunction with the MCU. Um, I was not sure how with Disney Plus, how this new release of Spider-Man would be put on streamers because I know that the deal worked out with Marvel right now is that MCU movies get, and this might just be across the board for Disney, but the movies get 60 days of theater exclusivity before they're put on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's how Shang-Chi worked. Um, and Black Widow was the premiere access for $30, so that doesn't count. But that, that's the deal, right? But Spider-Man is just nowhere. Um, but it's, but it's going to be on Stars. And isn't that weird? That's is that even a streaming service or is it a movie service? That's a good question, actually. I always thought it was like an HBO, old school HBO, where like you paid to get Stars movie channels on your cable subscription. Okay, just looked it up. It looks like it's both. Okay, so they have gone streaming as well. Of course, of course, they go streaming. They're not gonna. You're not gonna just only be on cable this day and age, but. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is the first thing you described, but it looks like it is also a streaming. But who the fuck now. has stars? Yeah, nobody, nobody even talks about stars as a streamer. They will now. So, like, how much did Spider-Man. they pay to get Spider Man? Five dollars. Uh, and the interesting thing pointed out in this article from IGN is that going forward. Sony has already worked out a deal where all of their movies are going to go to Netflix first before anything goes to Disney+. Plus. But this only affects Sony movies released between 2022 and 2026, which Spider-Man very narrowly falls outside of. But even at this point, putting on Netflix, you know, that makes more sense than Stars, but not as much sense as Disney. And, and I totally get that Sony's going to shop around and get the most money wherever they can because they're not strictly beholden to Disney. But I don't know. For it to go to stars, they either had to throw a lot of money or Disney had to just rolled over on that, right? Yeah, that's really weird, especially because it was the biggest movie of the year. Like, there was not a bigger movie that came out last year than Far From Home or No Way Home. Yeah, and it's not, like, strict competition, but that doesn't detract from how successful that movie was. It It's nearly the most successful movie of all time. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Just, just based on the fact that it's Spider-Man. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that was in the works. And honestly, kind of pissed, because I still haven't seen it, and I was waiting for it to be on Disney Plus to finally watch it. Well, now, now I'm, now I'm <laughs> fucked. Yeah, now you gotta, like, get a, uh, a free trial to start. I'll find a free way to watch it. Wink, wink. <laughs> you know what I hate? What? So, about the current streaming landscape, I, I keep seeing commercials for movies on Apple TV+. Ah, uh, yes. And and they look phenomenal. One of them got nominated for an Oscar. But I don't want to pay for anything Apple. It's actually kind of cheap. It's only like eight bucks a month. I think it's less than that. I think it's only five. Oh, my God. But it seems like they're pumping out bangers. And like you said, like, it was years before anything Netflix produced got Oscar recognition. And it took a pandemic to do it. It took a pandemic and a year where nothing was allowed to be released in theaters for the Academy to recognize anything Netflix made as any form of high art. 
And now Netflix has broken that barrier and suddenly Apple comes in with their giant smartphone money and just start pumping out fucking Tom Hanks movies. And it's like, bro, I don't care how cheap you are. I don't want to be part of that ecosystem. Stop making good things and making me want to support the creation of these good things. They got, they got John Hanks. Can we, can, we can we just have a corporation that I'm allowed to hate unconditionally and then they don't do cool things that makes me not want to hate them? Amazon. But two-day shipping. Really? That's that's where that's all they gotta do. <laughs> Fuck Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Also, Prime's going up in price. Yeah, like again, twenty dollars right? again. I'm like, because you don't make enough fucking money. This is what kind of annoys me with how all these, I say, uh, subs- or, well, yeah, not streaming, but subscription programs are. Is once they realize that they can't, they've really kind of like hit their market cap. Instead of being like, well, we can't bring in new customers to keep the same level of profits, so we'll just make everyone who's been a loyal customer for ours for years just pay more so that we keep getting more profit because, like, we don't make enough money. And I'm just like, what the fucking goddamn shit got fuck? Stop it. I agree. Fuck capitalism. Okay, we won't we won't <laughs> go down that road, but... Uh. <laughs> hey, speaking of trailers, though, I'm, I'm going to pitch you something right here. Live. Do it. Uh, okay, so the Super Bowl's this week. Right? Hell yeah. Uh, and the Super Bowl, you know, for people like me, just means fun commercials. Hopefully, fun commercials. Um, in this case, um, since that's going to fall on our off week of recording, I'm suggesting to you, what if we do just like like a half hour episode next week where we just talk about the trailers released during the Super Bowl? Oh, I'm down for that. Because I can tell you two right now. That, like, one of these two I'm going to have a reaction to. And that's that we know trailers for Jordan Peele's next movie, Nope, is going to premiere during the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yes, uh, and we know also, that, yeah. <laughs> And also the trailer for Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. Okay, I did know about that one. Um, I did just recently watch all three extended cut Lord of the Rings movies. I don't consider myself a big Lord of the Rings fan. Um, that so I probably won't have like a very strong reaction to that trailer. That's but pretty evident. It's something the fact that, that you about. just watched the extended versions. <laughs> what, what, what if you, you were an actual Lord of the Rings fan like me, uh, you'd have seen each of the extended cuts at least ten times. Oh, I see. So, well, I didn't like it that much. Oof. I mean, what do you mean? I didn't like it that much. Like I liked it, right? They were good, but not like, eh, wasn't, wasn't like paradigm shifting, wasn't life changing. They were good. It's because you didn't grow up with it. Yeah, probably. I reenacted all my little Lego battles after battle scenes from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was reenacting Sonic comic books. How, how, how was that? That sounds like a less fun time. How fucking dare you? <laughs> Hey, can I point out, because, like, I, I don't know, I might have said it on the podcast, but I, f- I forget if I said it on the podcast or said it to you at all. But, hey, that new Sonic game coming out, Sonic Frontiers. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to supposedly be open world, and it's supposed to come out this year. I don't think it's going to come out this year. And if it does come out this year, it's going to be a, a broken, non-playable mess like every Sonic game has been for the last two decades. But the one thing Sega is doing right with this game is that they have Ian Flynn writing the story. And Ian Flynn has been the head writer on the Sonic comic for several of the last years. I forget when the baton really got passed. But Ian Flynn does damn good work. 
And if there's anything to be excited about for a Sonic game, it's Crush 40 and Ian Flynn, goddammit. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad you're excited. I think we did. I know we've talked about this. And like you, I can't remember if it was on the podcast. But you know what? I'm excited for you and your Sonic hype. Sonic deserves to you. not be a disappointment. Someday. Notice how I didn't say great, uh, but just not a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I ask. <laughs> like, look, if you go back and play Sonic Adventure 1, the game looks like ass, and the voice acting isn't good. But, like, yeah, it's still a good game. Like, it just, like, ignore Big the Cat and ignore the lip sync issues. But, like, you know, in some regards, Sonic's never been amazing. I just want to be good again. He's just running around at the speed of sound. At the speed of sound. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I have, I got one, like, kind of big story before we move into, like, w- what we actually delayed the podcast for Oscar this week. bait. Yeah, so I want to have a talk about copyright first. Uh, is this the, is this Nintendo? Is this, are, is this more discussion about Nintendo? Yes. <laughs> so, there's a YouTube channel that I imagine probably not a lot of people know by name. But if you have ever tried to listen to a Nintendo music track on YouTube, you have probably been directed to Gilva Sunner. For over a decade, Gilva Sunner has been uploading soundtracks to Nintendo video games to YouTube. Granted, uh, this is illegal because it is copywritten material. And you shouldn't be allowed to post that on YouTube, at least, you know, given the way our current rules work. Uh, And Nintendo is notoriously very stingy about protecting their IP in in pretty much whatever regard that has to be. Did you know they bought the rights to a Mario parody porno just so it wouldn't get released any wider than it already had? That's hot. That's some flex shit right there. (laughs) Yeah. So... Very recently, just in the last week, Gilva Sunner finally got hit with thousands of copyright claims on his YouTube channel, taking down the vast majority of the videos he had uploaded. Um, And that's not really something he can fight because it was literally Nintendo just deciding to finally do something about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he ultimately just decided to delete his YouTube channel. And again, this might be a very niche topic, and I can't say how many people want to look up Mario Galaxy music on YouTube. But for people like me that like video game music and and did, like, have an investment in this channel, this is a pretty, like, huge upset and is also just indicative of what the fuck is wrong with Nintendo. Because while I will concede what he was doing was illegal and Nintendo is in every right to do what they did, this is still Nintendo, like, just leaving money on the table and refusing to let the fans do anything good for their franchises. Because the only reason they were uploaded to YouTube is because Nintendo barely bothers to release any of their music. There is nowhere you can go legally to listen to 90% of Nintendo's music catalog. And that's crazy when you consider that their games have some of the highest pedigree of musical quality. Especially like some of the recent Mario games. Like, the music in those games is fucking amazing. So if you're not going to release it for people to buy and listen to, then why are you going to punish people for doing so at all? Like, it's like they're stuck in 2004 and think that putting a jukebox in Smash Bros. Ultimate is the equivalent of putting a soundtrack on Spotify. Yeah. 
Well, and another example of just to give people a better context of how stupid Japanese copyright is. Uh, if you are familiar with the YouTuber Chris Broad, who has a channel called uh, Abroad in Japan, which is he's just a Japanese vlogger, he tweeted, I think it was today, uh, that he a uh, uh, convert like an uh, an abridged version of a conversation he had with a, a Japanese company where it was just like me. Uh, hey, J it, Japanese company, can I use this picture of some, you know, of your product or like, you know, something that represented their brand or location? I can't remember exactly. You know, it'll be, it'll be in an informational video. It'll show you. It'll get more people interested in what you do, that sort of thing. And he was like, the company, nah. And then <laughs> he's just like, Chris Broad bangs head against table and wants to scream because it's just like they won't even let you use like images of some of their shit to put in a video. It's crazy. That's just that's fucking crazy. It's free. Ad it's literally free advertising, and they're like, nope. Yeah, it's it's weird how a country like Japan is so far behind the times when it comes to like availability of anything on the internet, kind of specifically. Yeah, you know. And you know, to to that end, like uh, an easy way to like really bring you out of the conversation here is uh, the TV meta. On Twitch, oh hell yeah, I, is kind of the same thing. Well, I was, you know? yeah, I was I was gonna try. I was wondering if you were wanting to to loop that in because, like, I mean, I watch Hassan Hasanabi a lot uh, on Twitch, and he, you know, I we talked about this a couple weeks ago when it happened. But like to reiterate what he always says about, it, and I think he's right when it comes to uh, Western television on doing it. It's like. Yeah, it's illegal. Don't be stupid about it. Don't watch, like, a season that's airing right now or last season of certain shows. Uh, he, you know, if you're going to watch something, watch something that's really old. But then also, you have to know going into it that you're putting yourself at risk. And he's like, yeah, if they ever reach out to me and say stop, he stops immediately and he doesn't do it anymore. Uh, does that make it then, make things then get, you know, stricter going forward? It can, but all it all comes down to whatever the copyright holder wants to do, and you have no idea. So, yeah, I kind of took that over and gave the synopsis again, but I didn't know how <laughs> you wanted to. If you, there was another way you wanted to tie that in with the music stuff. No, nah, well, all right. So, uh, one of our favorite things to reference on this podcast is other people's podcasts, right? Yeah. So. This got brought up on the Trash Taste podcast this last week. I haven't, I haven't uh, listened to that yet. Well, okay, so they talk about the TV meta and and essentially say that, like, they all kind of think the idea of the TV meta is fucking stupid only because they're not allowed to do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like how people on YouTube have had to play very strict and very by the books in order to protect the things they create under the doctrine of fair use. Um, you know, specifically for Gigguk, uh, he has to be very, very careful about how he uses clips from anime for his review videos. And he shouldn't have to because his videos are protected by fair use and it shouldn't be a thing he has to fight. But YouTube can be very draconian with the way they enforce these things. And so then to see people across the pond on Twitch doing something even more egregious and getting away with it constantly is frustrating but also probably calls for a shift in thinking about how these things are done online. True. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll also go back to some of the stuff Hassan has said about 
about it being fair use. And I don't know how much I agree with him, but his argument is, and I can see it has some merit, is that literally anything you put on the internet at any time is fair use. Like, if you're reacting to something, it's fair use because they're there for your reaction, not the content. Now, if you were just streaming shit and not reacting to it, and like like with Hassan, he pauses shit all the fucking time. They call him Pazanavi because he pauses videos all the time to talk about them. But like for those who are just like literally just like I just I'm just watching it. I'm just watching something with my stream. Yeah, you can't do that. But like there there's a there's a fine line I think between um just uploading something or having it run on your channel stream whatever. And then there's another thing where it's React content which is what the TV meta, in a sense, is. It's just more React content, but to mainstream shit. Because, like, technically, if if you're doing, saying that, you couldn't have any React YouTubers ever. Because they would have to show clips of other people's shit, and that would, you know, technically go, like, oh, you can't do that. So, it, I, I don't know. They, the, the, this, is, this is what happens when we don't have any sort of regulation on anything with the internet, is that corporations and businesses make up their own rules, and the rules suck. Yeah, uh, I'm going to loosely tie together the TV meta thing back to Japanese corporations. Yeah. Uh, it's a very loose thread, but something I want to run with. Um, you know, ha- have you ever watched Japanese television? And and I don't mean like Japanese TV shows or anime or game shows, but just like Japanese TV. Uh, just like you would turn on a random channel, it's Japanese. Have you ever seen that? I, I think I've only seen it through the one video that Chris Broad did about Japanese TV. Okay, then you probably know what I'm talking about when I say that Japanese variety programs, Japanese news programs, they always seem to have a panel of people that are just there to react yes. to the things they're showing on TV. Yes, and when they when they go to the full screen view to show you the whole video, they still always have somebody's face in the bottom right corner just to react. And that's normal for mainstream Japanese TV. Is that not crazy? That's fucking wild. It's like everything you're watching is a react streamer. <laughs> so it's like they've almost been ahead of the curve on the uh, the proliferation of react content, even as like. It was in its infancy on YouTube, and people kind of hated it for a while, and now we've come back around to the TV meta, where people will sit in people's streams for hours just to watch Hassan watch Master Chef And XQC, and Pokimane, and a whole bunch of other people. I'll spread the love. I won't pick on Hassan. I love Hassan, but I don't <laughs> want people going, oh, fuck Hassan. I'm like, I love him. There's a lot. It's, the, the biggest thing was it was all the biggest, some of the biggest streamers doing it. And so that was putting a shitload of eyeballs on it and making it much more prevalent. Yeah. And then you got some people that are just straight up watching episodes of anime. Yeah, now that, it's just like, you're fighting fire there. Because as we just <laughs> said, the Japanese don't fuck around with that shit. <laughs> yeah. With the MasterChef stuff, you know, I think like with reality TV and competition shows, there's a lot less harm done when you're watching earlier seasons of that. Because, you know, like we've talked about, like, is there is there MasterChef merchandise? Are they making money off of the commercials? Like, I, I don't know how money is made there, but if you're watching somebody watch an older season of the show, 
then you were either never going to watch that show in the first place or you are now interested enough in the show that you want to watch those newer seasons. Right, and and that's my I, – I've said that because I'm like I would never I, – I watched like three episodes of MasterChef ever before watching that. And mostly like the only reason why I'm watching is because that's what Hassan's watching. Like the one thing – same goes for like when he back when he would watch a bunch of Ninety Day Fiance. Like I would never watch an episode of that show, but it's funny to see him react to the crazy shit that happens in it. I'm there for his reaction to the wild shit, not so much the content itself. Right, and and I think that's probably a normal thought process for the people that are watching this react content, uh, especially. As it pertains to reality TV. Yeah. Which is just like, just junk food TV. You know? Yeah. That, that's a different soapbox. Um, okay, so I, I don't know if this is going to go for an hour, but I think I think, I think think it's Oscar time. Woo! Uh, before we get too deep in that, though. Oh. Just as, as a little prelude to that, you know, obviously we are uploading this a day late because Oscar nominees just got announced today. And we want to talk about that a little bit. Um, you, you know something fucking hilarious, though? Oh, what? Uh, do you know the Razzie Awards? Uh, do you know what the Razzies yeah, are? Yeah, the shitty movie awards. Yeah, okay, so for people who don't know, it's like the anti-Oscars. <laughs> we're just like a bunch of dickheads that don't like the Academy get together and hold their own very small, very private, I think non-televised uh, award ceremony for the worst movies of the year. And the funniest goddamn thing about that is they have a category this year that is literally worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. <laughs> How many movies? And was there's he in? eight nominees. He's in eight movies. Yes. Do you want to hear these titles? Yes. Bruce Willis starred in American Siege, Apex, Cosmic Sin, Deadlock, Fortress, Midnight in the Switchgrass, Out of Death, and Survive the Game. I love him. He's amazing. He's he does he's just living the dream. <laughs> it's like they've got just like normal categories. They've got worst picture, worst actor, worst actress, and then just this year they have worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh Revenge of the Sith won a won a Razzie for one of Anakin's lines. I think I hate you won a, won a Razzie, which I will not Oh hell yeah. I will not do an interpretation as to not blow out the mic cuz I go all out. Oh yeah, for that it definitely shit. would. <laughs> uh Okay, well, all right, so so we got actual uh, Oscar nominees. Okay, so what, but for one thing, one thing. Okay, go Oscars.com. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you. I'm going to try and help you out here. If you keep putting Best Picture nominees halfway down the fucking page once the nominations are posted, I'm going to fucking lose it. That's like the one thing people care. I know you're doing it because you know people only care to see that and then they won't keep scrolling. I know what you're doing, but go fuck yourself. Stop it. And so we're going to use that to segue. Chris, how many of the Best Picture nominees have you seen already? Two. Oh, I got you beat. Two and a half. Yeah, I knew you would. Two and a half. <laughs> That's it. I thought you would have seen like four at least. No, I never was able to see Belfast, sadly. Um, I, so we saw the same two, I think. With Dune and... Oh, you haven't seen King Richard. No, I've seen Dune and Don't Look Up. Oh, you haven't seen Power of the Dog? 
No, I I want to, but some buddies are trying to wait to watch that together, so I've been putting it that's off. That's the half that I've seen. Which <laughs> yeah, that's a long one too, right? Uh, it's like no, it's not super long. It's like two and a half. It's not. Oh, it's just slow. Oh god, and I'm I'm so as we mentioned earlier, we take a lot of content from other podcasts. I was listening to the Big Pictures reaction to nominees on the way in to try to see if like. Is there anything that was outrageous that I wouldn't know about because I'm not that into the daily conversation about cinema because those people are fucking crazy. Um, And there weren't a lot. We'll get to one thing. I'll have one point on one of the major categories. But um, Power of the Dog got nominated for a lot of shit. I'm like, oh, God, the second half of this movie better be fucking amazing because, boy... (laughs) I just wasn't about the first half. And that would be a first if, like, the favorite I don't like. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever just, like, not liked a Best Picture nominee. But there's a... I mean, I still got half a movie. It could change. But just off the first half, not a fan of Power of the Dog. So let's just go down, at least for Best Picture real quick. The nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. How many of these that you haven't seen are you excited to watch? Belfast, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley. Five of them. Okay. I think the only one that I'm particularly excited about is Licorice Pizza. Which I'm pretty sure uh, is just fucking because weird. I, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes, yes. Um, I'm kind of excited to watch Power of the Dog, but I've heard it's kind of a Western, yeah. and, and that stuff is kind of hit or miss for me. It is like rancher Western. It's not like <laughs> but it's got- cow- well, cowboy, but like they're, ra- they're legit ranchers, not like pew, pew, shoot the Indians, yeah. pang, pang. No, not that shit. Uh, but it's got Bendy Cumberbund, and I love that guy. He's going to probably win Best Actor, and I'm, it's going to make me sad because really, I'm really rooting for Will Smith and King Richard. He was so fucking really? good, dude. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking lose it, though, if West Side Story wins like anything. I know, but I've heard it's actually really good, and I'm like, I don't care, yeah, though. I, I don't, hate I, it. <laughs> I, I'm so fucking disconnected. I have... I have no way, I have no frame of reference for un- to understand if this is actually good. Because I've never seen the original. I don't want to watch this new one. Yep. I don't really like Spielberg. Oh, okay. Well, I but, won't go with you on like, that. But like, I, I'm... but like, it's just, it's Spielberg remaking his own movie and the Academy is still jerking him off. Yeah, I I just, there's something about it when when some big, huge name director makes another movie adaptation of a famous musical where I'm like, why is this nominated for Best Picture? Because the same thing, like, when Les Mis came out, I'm pretty sure it got nominated for Best Picture. And I'm like, okay, but we, like, why? <laughs> I don't know. And I haven't seen them, so maybe they're fantastic. They could, they're probably fantastic films. But, like, I'm not here for it. <laughs> like, uh. So let's pick up on that thread about Will Smith. I have not seen King Richard. Um, we will make every effort to watch all these movies before the Oscars, and we will do a whole rundown on these before that. But uh so so I think 
having not seen the tragedy of Macbeth or being the Ricardos, I think, you know, the three favorites for at least between us is Cumberbatch, Garfield, or Smith. I, and you're saying Smith blows them out of the water? Uh, well, I haven't finished. I mean, Cumberbatch is really fucking good in Power of the Dog. Like, he's so fucking creepy. Uh, I just really liked, as of right, and again, we should preface, this is all based off what movies we have, ha- we have seen. Um, I think, I-, I really liked Will Smith's performance. Um, I don't think Andrew Garfield had a chance. <laughs> yeah, I only wanted to bring it up because Tick, Tick, Boom is a movie that we have both seen, and it's, it's, it's simply not in the conversation for Best Picture. Yeah, and and I did think I thought Garfield was really good, but I do not have a hard time believing that Will Smith would would beat him out because Will Smith is a phenomenal actor. Not to say Garfield isn't, but his role in Tick Tick Boom just kind of isn't the kind of role that wins Oscars. Yeah, and I've also heard that Denzel Washington is fucking amazing in Macbeth. <laughs> so I'm like, oh I... fuck, dude, is this gonna be like a uh the father thing where like Anthony Hopkins just fucking carries the movie? Right. I I don't have a whole lot of love for Shakespeare. Um like even in my adult life, Shakespeare is just not something that I really enjoy and get into. But I do love the idea of a bunch of big name actors getting together and just simply putting on Shakespeare because so many of those people are like uh uh classically trained in that kind of thing. A lot of people come from Shakespearean or at the very least uh theatrical like uh, play you know in person performances and it's like there's something so pure about the idea of the tragedy of Macbeth as a movie that I need to get around to watching it just for that experience you know do you feel me on that yeah well and a lot of them too will just do like classic Broadway-ish small play acting when they aren't on a movie shoot like that's how they pass their time so like a lot of them are like and I think Watkins was one of them I think Meryl Streep's another where, like, they'll just be in Broadway plays or some shit. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, that was, uh, that was what Daniel Radcliffe did when he got done with Harry Potter, yeah, right? He yeah. did that play with the, with the horse that he was naked on stage with. Yeah, they'll just do, like, these little indie plays for, like, a year or two. It's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, when, when are the Oscars? I was just going to ask it mostly because I'm like, how much time do we have <laughs> yeah um is it not in this fucking ign article oscar show uh may march 27th oh we got a lot of time it's late this okay. year yeah we got we got like a month and a half oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to see a lot of these uh so we'll I mean, we'll probably do like an Oscar preview episode closer to the Oscars, right? Yeah, we'll we'll at worst we'll do a special episode. Yeah, <laughs> what we deem a special. It, we won't regard what our recording schedule is. We'll do one probably the week before. <laughs> yeah, regardless. Uh, so a, a category I want to jump down to is the animated feature film category. Okay. Uh, which is always dominated by either Pixar or Disney, depending on which one released a movie that year. Uh, we do have two Disney movies and a Pixar in here, with uh, Encanto and Raya as the Disney movies, and then Luca as the Pixar movie. And I haven't seen any of these, I have, which is kind of a first for me. Uh, same. Actually, I was thinking the same thing. 
I heard when this came out that the Mitchells versus the Machines is actually freaking fantastic. So I I have seen the Mitchells versus the Machines. I heard that was really good. Was it? It wasn't for me. Okay. I I think there is a group of people that can and should feel very strongly about this movie, and there's a lot of things the movie does really well, but it was simply a concept and an execution that felt like, I'm going to be honest, it felt like I was too old for it. Huh, interesting. It's it's like, it is the Gen Z animated movie. Oh, no. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. You know, it's wild. Because is that um well I, there's no way it would have been nominated, but uh I always look at okay well what anime movie could have got would have been snubbed, and if there <laughs> was one from last year it would have been the um the Demon Slayer movie because that came out at the beginning of last year in like March, uh which the movie is okay as I, I will go on record saying I've been on record saying. Demon Slayer's story is overrated as fuck. The animation is fucking amazing, which we're going to maybe talk about right at the end of this podcast for a second. Uh, and that's what holds it up. But, uh, yeah, I am past the point of just being, like, going out of my way to watching Disney movies that are uh, made for kids, regardless of how adult the themes are. Just, it's, I'm... Interesting. I just, like, I watched, what was the one last year? The jazz one? Soul. I watched Soul because it was like, this is clearly not directed specifically at kids. And I loved it. Um, I I see the trailers. I'm like, this is probably a very good movie. I don't like this. Why haven't I seen Coco yet? I just look at the overall theming of it. I'm like, too kitty. <laughs> so, okay. That actually, uh, I wanted to bring this up a lot sooner. And I'm going to interrupt our Oscar discussion for it. But you, you, you brought something interesting. Um, so, all right, so, so you have not seen Soul, or you did see I saw Soul. Soul, yes. Okay, so, I've said before, and I probably said on the podcast a year ago when I watched Soul, I loved Soul, absolutely adored that movie, almost from start to finish, but the one thing I fucking hated about that movie, and the thing that I thought was holding it back from being a real 10 out of 10, was the main conflict was driven by the fact that the main character had been put in a cat's body. Yep. We talked about this on and, the podcast. <laughs> and that was so weird and a little too kitty for me that I thought the movie could have been so much better if they had gone a, a more mature direction, for lack of a better term. Um, so the, the thing that I'm going to interrupt this with is we got to do trailer for Lightyear today. Bro. <laughs> which I, I'm so in for this movie. I am so unreasonably hyped for this movie. Like, at its base, I already love Pixar, and they hit it out of the park nine times out of ten. Nine out of ten dentists agree that Cars 2 is an awful piece of shit. But <laughs> I'm so fucking jazzed for Lightyear. But the thing that's putting me off... Don't you say the cat. ...is this fucking cat. No, Chris, no. Because, see, this, you're, this is why you're wrong. I'll tell you why you're wrong right now. Because the okay. Lightyear is doing is going full anime where you have this much more gritty story that they could still make kind of like kid-friendly by not going like crazy with it, but like all great anime, you have a mascot character. 
and that cat's gonna yeah. sell. That cat's gonna move so much fucking merchandise. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> that, funny. That literally is it. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna say that they can't execute the cat well because I think they genuinely are. And I think Taika Waititi is the voice of that cat. I actually um, liked the- it. I was like, oh, it's gonna be a fun little like take the edge off character if we have some deep scenes with this stupid robot cat. No, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And the cat's writing is actually pretty funny. I don't think the cat's going to be that annoying, which is why I'm still super hyped for this movie. But the corporatization of it that seems to demand that there be a mascot character feels like they're shoving it down my throat. Pixar are masters of their craft and very rarely misstep. So I still have faith that it'll be executed well and hopefully better than the cat situation was in Soul. But just the sheer idea of them having to have a cute mascot character already feels kind of asinine to me. Eh. I watch enough anime, it never bothers me. I am a true fan <laughs> of <fair>. animation. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Do not act like I will not walk into the other room and throw my phone at your head. <laughs> Please don't, that would hurt a lot. <laughs> okay, but that's it. Back to the Oscars. Um, so, best actress... Um. Why Why is this character just shitting on everything else with, like, making us have to watch five other movies? <laughs> yeah. I think, was it one of these movies for Best Actress is nominated for Best Picture, and everything else is just locked no, into being, the Best Actress being category? No, being the Ricardos isn't nominated. What? It's not nominated is for it? Best Picture. Oh, my God, it's not. No, I like, there's not a movie. None of them none are. None of them okay. are. Okay. Now, granted, I heard that Parallel Mothers is really fucking good. Um, and that Sony basic, well, they were talking about this on big picture and they basically said that what Sony did, Sony did the same thing they did with the father last year. Uh, they just waited forever. And that movie has been out for like, like it came out in January. That's why you've never heard of it. Wow. <laughs> Cause like last year I was like, the father's a movie. I remember I saw a trailer <laughs> for it the previous summer when I saw a movie and it was like, this is coming out later. And then it came out in fucking January. Wow. Amazing. But, uh, uh, I don't, I mean, I, 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 the, the supporting role, I, I don't really know what to say. I haven't seen most of the movies that are nominated right. for the supporting and actor, actress roles. I think the, the other main thing I want to hit on here is the inevitable snubbing of Dune. Oh, God, yeah. Where Dune is probably going to sweep every technical category, but that's all the Academy has deemed it worthy of. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sound, or stuff that if Power of the Dogs nominated, it could win it, too. Oh, you think so? That's what they were saying on Big Picture. They, they're like, yeah, big Power of the Dog energy. And I'm like, no, please, God, because Dune was so good. <laughs> that's one thing I wanted to bring up. Villano, how do you say his name? Villeneuve. Villeneuve wasn't nominated for Best Director, which is kind yeah. of crazy because the directing in that was great. Like, kick Steven Spielberg's, Spielberg's ass out of there. Like, what the, <laughs> f- what the fuck? fuck? Get the fuck out of here. Steven Spoger. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Put my man's Villeneuve in there because the directing <laughs> of Dune was so fucking good. Oh yeah, no that that movie like it absolutely deserves every technical category it 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 it's given. I don't want to I don't want to detract from that because honestly the scale of that movie I would say is on par 
with the production quality of the Lord of the Rings movies, but for our current era. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be a, a fucking travesty if uh, it was not suitably respected in the award season. So so remember a couple a couple weeks ago when I was like, oh yeah, Tick, Tick, Boom was like my favorite movie that I saw last year. Well, guess what? That was a fucking lie. Because you know what I forgot about that came out last year? Fucking Dune. Dune was my favorite movie <laughs> that I saw last year. And so far, I mean, it won't win Best Picture, but of all of them, it's my favorite movie of in the Best Picture, not many, in category. It won't win. There's no fucking way that movie wins no. Best Picture. But I love that movie. I'm I'm surprised it's even nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, honestly, I am. Too. I I thought they were just gonna lock it away in the the technical categories, but it is there. I, it is a Best Picture nominee. I can't. Th- I mean, oh, and we got complete. Oh, House of Gucci did get a uh, nomination. It's in hair and makeup. Um, <laughs> but uh, House of Gucci got nothing. Nothing. Yeah. This is like a weird year where I feel like I have followed movie releases more closely than I normally do. And so there's a lot of movies I was expecting to be in this Oscar conversation that just aren't there. And and House of Gucci is one of them, where I'm probably still gonna try to watch that movie, even though it didn't make the best picture list. I mean, there's, yeah, this is gonna be one of those years where there's a lot of movies that got like almost no or actually no nominations where I'm like, okay, but I kind of still want to see that, like, uh, House of Gucci, come on, come on. Both are two that I want to I want to see. Um, yeah, Tragedy of Macbeth is another one for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a really small one. But I, I, we can't go through this without addressing the elephant in the room of Best Picture that I actually absolutely fucking love, and that's Drive My Car. We got a fucking three-hour slow burn epic of a Japanese movie, and I'm so fucking excited to find a way to watch this. I You don't even know. I didn't even realize until you said today <laughs> that it was like a Japanese movie. I had no fucking idea. I don't know anything about this movie. I've only heard its name get thrown around a bunch, and I knew it was in the conversation, but I've known nothing about it. Didn't know it was Japanese. Certainly didn't know it was three hours long. I just looked them up, looked up the titles of the ones that I didn't really know much about uh, when I was at work. And it was like a Japanese, all the, all the cast was Japanese. I was like, oh, this isn't a, this isn't a Korean movie. This is an actual Japanese movie, which is wild because everyone, I feel like all they, all I ever hear is slander towards, towards Japanese cinema. Um, <laughs> but like. Yeah, it's three hours, and I hate long movies, but I'm so jazzed for this thing. Yeah, I love that even in the conversation about three-hour long movies, primarily Drive My Car and The Batman, you're still holding on to this idea of movies only being 15 minutes too long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, so that would mean that in this three-hour movie, two hours and 45 is fine. Well, that's just usually because like in the whole, I agree with, I'm not, I'm not against long movies. But most oh, nine times out of ten, I'm like, you could have cut something out of that to make it just because, <laughs> like, I always. It's more of I feel like almost every movie has a scene that they don't need that you could cut, and the movie would have paced a little bit better and still been just as good. That's where it comes from. But when it, yeah. when I'm proven wrong, I love it because I'm like, yeah, no, like Dune, fucking give me sixteen hours of Dune, I. Don't cut anything. Give me, give me the twenty-hour cut. Give me all the books in one long movie. I'm, I want it. 
Okay. Uh, are there any other categories you want to talk about? Not really, because uh, cinema- cinematography, I haven't seen them all yet. That's a category that I lo- is near and dear to my heart, but I'm pretty sure Power of the Dog is going to win that <laughs> without having seen the rest <laughs> of the nominees. Just everything, anything I've heard about that movie, people are it's like film nuts, like just goo over it. Because they're just like, oh, oh my god! Look, did you see what, they, see what she did there with that? With the, uh. and I'm like, okay, well, why was the movie so fucking boring? <laughs> I, I'm gonna eat my words next podcast when I go, hey Chris, I finally watched the second half of Power of the Dog. It was fucking great. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that'll be a wrap for this week. Nope. Then. There's oh. two bits that I oh, gotta, you want you want to talk about it. I have seen no partly anyway. Since we last recorded, there are two things that now have moved into the top spot of a piece of category of a piece of content that I've seen. I have seen one the greatest animated sequence of an anime in my life in fucking Demon Slayer's entertainment district arc. District arc. Holy mother of fuck! Yafotable needs to calm down. They're, they're like, going to put everybody else out of business. The animation in the last, like, four episodes has just been so god-tier. It's, like, breaking my brain. I, like, have images just imprinted in the back of my eyes how beautiful some of these fight scenes have been animated. It's unbelievable. The story's still mid as shit, so, you know, like, it's whatever. But the animation, holy mother of fuck. The second thing, and this is... This is kind of a controversial take, maybe. I don't know. But for me, it's, it's surprising. The single greatest piece of Star Wars content came out last week with episode six of Book of Boba Fett. I'm like, I'm going to be thinking about just that episode for a long ass time because I've never seen a piece of Star Wars content that just has like literally everything you could ever want and like a 40 minute package. It was incredible. I'm sad that Book of Boba Fett is only seven episodes and we only have one more tomorrow. Sad. But, fuck, dude. If you're a Star Wars fan, you gotta watch Book of Boba Fett. Now, the the one thing that is a potential issue is that if you don't... I haven't followed a lot of the non-movie shit, so, like, the Clone Wars, uh, all the and the other animated stuff, uh, uh, Rebels... It's probably not going to be as oh holy shit for you, but it's such a nod to people who followed all the other Star Wars content outside the movies, and I just fucking love Dave Filoni for that, that, oh my god, it, I have to gush about it here, because I don't know where else to do it, where other, I don't even know if anybody else is that big of a Star Wars fan, but fuck dude, it was so cool to see, it's so good. So you're saying I should watch the Book of Boba Fett? Yes, I, I. If you did, you watch the Mandalorian. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Watch Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Other than the weird shit in like episode three, where there's like a motorcycle gang that has the stupidest looking speeders I've ever seen, and I'm actually mad that they're been put into something canon because they just <laughs> look ridiculous. Other than that, fantastic. It's very good. Okay. I hadn't started Book of Boba Fett at all, um, but I, I, you know, I, I've been hearing things about it as it's been releasing, mm-hmm. and so, like, I, I, I want to get to it eventually, but I also thought, like, I wasn't super invested in that character, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be something for me, but 
I guess I gotta watch it. Well, episode five and six is just about the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is also what I've heard. Uh, I I watched the first episode and then just never got to it. And then I heard everyone talking about how fucking crazy episode six was. And then I saw the poster that came out right before I caught up of um a character that they bring in from the animated shows as a debut, and I lost my fucking shit that he was <laughs> in Book of Boba Fett. So I'm like, I have to I have to know the context behind this. And oh oh my god. I I want we need to talk if once you finish it, we need to talk about it on the podcast so that I can just be gush about <laughs> what they're doing canon wise that's just fucking awesome. All right. Okay, now we can end. <laughs> okay. You have my permission. Let's go do it for this week. <laughs> All right. If you like what you heard today, tell a friend, get us in more ears. Follow us on Twitter at obsession underscore pod. And uh, we'll be back next week, likely, with Super Bowl trailer react special. And then uh, back a week later with uh, another standard episode. Hell yeah. So until then, goodbye.